नमो तस् भगवतो अरहतो सम्मासंबुद्धस् नमो तस् भगवतो अरहतो सम्मासंबुद्धस् नमो तस् भगवतो अरहतो सम्मासंबुद्धस् पेहुमेश टू द ब्लेसेड वन डेयर फ्रेंड्स टुडे जुलाई फिफ्थ 2022 at Damasuka Meditation Center I would like to deliver Dhamma talk from Majjima Nikaya Sutta number 2 Attaka Nagara Sutta the man from 52 Sutta number 52 Attaka Nagara Sutta the man from Attaka Nagara so that man, he was living in the place, the name of Dattaganagara. So I'm going to read the, the suttas. In this sutta, you'll see all the jhanas. First jhana, second jhana, third jhana, fourth jhana. So I'm going to explain all of this. So let me read the sutta first, and then I'll give you some comment. Thus have I heard on one occasion the Venerable Ananda was living at Veluva Gamaka near Visali. So thus have I heard. In the Sutta, you will see most of the Sutta, thus have I heard, thus have I heard. Who said that? This one said by the Ananda. So when the Buddha passed away, after three months, the first Buddhist council held in India. So, Mahakasapa was the senior monk. So, during, at that time, a monk whose name is, uh, he, he, he actually, when he got old, he got the higher ordinations. And when the Buddha saw something wrong, and he gave one, discipline rule and he saw another one he gave another discipline rule and he saw another one another discipline rule so that's why monks have 227 rules now all the Buddhist monks so when you get the high ordination you must know 227 rule before getting the high ordination so one the guy who got, um, who, who became the old and he got the high ordinations and Buddha said, okay, don't do that, don't do, do this. So when Buddha passed away, the monks who didn't get the attainment, they, was, they were crying. They said, our great teacher, Bhante is leaving us, so we didn't get the attainment yet. So that time, the, the monks, who was old, he said, why are you crying? Because the Buddha is going to pass away. This is the great news for us. So we are now, we have the freedom. So whatever we want, we want to do, we can do it. Then Mahakasapa, when he heard that word, he said, no, no, no we have to purify the discipline rule of the Buddha. And then after three months, 
he called the Buddhist Council, first Buddhist Council in India. And Mahakasava said, in this first Buddhist Council, the 500 Arahant would be present. All of them Arahant. And Ananda must be present there. And Upali also, Upali was the Arahant that time, but Ananda didn't. He got the Sutapanna, stream mantra. So, as the Mahakasava said, Ananda must be present. Tomorrow will be the first Buddhist council, and Ananda was thinking, what should I do? I am not Arahant yet. So he was thinking, okay, I have to practice meditation today. So whole day he was practicing, practicing, practicing meditation, and then whole night. So early morning he was thinking, I am so tired now. Whole day, whole night, still I couldn't attain Arahant, the highest beast. So very mindfully he is going to sleep, just lying down slowly with just a little bit touch with the pillow, then he got attainment. <laughs> he became Arahant. So, everybody present in the first Buddhist council, only one seat empty for Ananda. So, everybody waiting for him. He was thinking, okay, well, how can I show that I became Arahant now? So, that he went there and he said that chair in everybody, uh, how to say, everybody says sadhu. That means well done, well done, well done. Then in that first Buddhist council, Ananda said, because Ananda memorized all the Dhamma. Wherever Buddha went for giving Dhamma talk, so he went with him. And Ananda said, Bhante, I can be your attendance, but I have some condition. So what condition do you have? So wherever you'll go, you have to take me. Because I have to listen to your Dhamma talk. And if I don't go there, after coming back at the temple, you have to preach again to me then I can be your attendance, otherwise no. He said, well, no problem, I'll do that. So that's why all the dhammas Ananda could memorize. In the first Buddhist council, he said, thus have I heard. So he heard from the Buddha in the first Buddha. That's why you'll see all the suttas at the beginning, thus have I heard, thus have I heard. Okay. So I heard on one occasion the Venerable Ananda was living at uh, Veluva Gamaka near Visali. Now at that occasion the householder Dasama of Atakanagara had arrived at Pataliputta for some business or other. Then he went to a certain monk in a Kukuta's park and after paying homage to him he sat down to one side and asked him. So, he is a householder, Dasama 
of Atakanagara. He's the person so who was very religious. He would like to know the teaching of the Buddha. So he went to one monk and he's asking, where is Venerable Ananda? Where is Venerable Ananda? So that monk said, you see, where is the Venerable Ananda live now, Venerable Sir? I wish to see the Venerable Ananda. The Venerable Ananda is living at Velua Gamaka near Visali householder. When the householder Dasama has completed his business at Pataliputta, he went to the Venerable Ananda and Velua Gamaka near Visali. After paying homage to him, he sat down at one side and asked him. So now he is going to ask the teaching of the Buddha. He will ask the few questions, then Venerable Ananda is going to answer. Venerable Ananda, has any one things been proclaimed by the Blessed One who knows and sees, accompanied and fully enlightened, wherein if a monk averts diligent, ardent and resolute, his unliberated mind comes to be liberated, his undestroyed things come to be destroyed, and he attains the supreme security from bondage that he had not attained before. So this is Atakanagara. Dasam Atakanagara asks these questions. Now Venerable Ananda is going to answer. Yes, Venerable, yes, householder, one such thing has been proclaimed by the Blessed One. What is that one thing, Venerable Ananda? So now he is going to explain jhanas, all the jhanas. So before explaining the jhana, I would like to say what is the meaning of the jhana? We have to understand the meaning first. The jhana means the stage of meditation or level of understanding. So I use the stage of meditation because this is very clear to me. You know. So, stage of meditation. So, there are four kinds of jhanas. First jhana, second jhana, third jhana and fourth jhana. So, Venerable Ananda is now going to explain the first jhana. So, when I teach to the meditators at the beginning, I teach the six years and then five hindrances. So, I want one, all of them to know five hindrances. What are the five hindrances? So, number one, sensual desire. Number two, aversion. Number three, sleepiness and dullness. You, you, you can see that Majimane, Kesslot and Topper, but I use sleepiness and dullness. And number four, restlessness and anxiety and number five doubt so these five hindrances you must memorize you must keep in your mind this is the first things and the second thing you have to know the sixers what we use usually is called right effort but I always say harmonious practice because we are harmony with us 
I am the practitioner, so I am the harmonious with me. So these two things you have to know. One is the five hindrances, another one is the harmonious practice or six hours, right foot. Here householder quite secluded from sensual pleasures, secluded from unwholesome states. A monk enters upon and abides in the first jhana, which is accompanied by thinking and examining thought. With joy and happiness born of seclusion. So here you see the five factors. We call him Pali. Thinking thought, Savitaka. Examining thought, Savichara. Then the joy, pity, happiness, sukha, and unification of mind mind we call akagata. So these five factors when arise in your mind the five hindrances absent not rise in your mind so you'll think that you attain first jhana. So I repeat again thinking thought examining thought joy happiness and unification of mind. When these five factors arise in your mind, five hindrances never arise. Sensual desire, aversion, sleepiness and dullness, restlessness and anxiety, doubt never arise. So you attain first jhana. You no need to go to Delson. <laughs> Okay, my teacher, did I attain first jhana? Can you tell me? No need to ask. You will know yourself because in this sutta is very clear. You will understand yourself. So, sa, sa means wholesome. Sa means wholesome. So, that's why I, I use the Pali term also. Sa vitaka, thinking thought, sa vichara examining thought, joy, priti, happiness, sukha and unification of mind. So most of the meditator asks me, Bhante, what is the difference between joy and happiness? Sometimes very confused, you know. So you know, when I was teaching in Brooklyn, in uh, other places, you know, they ask me this that questions. So joy means excited, you feel so excited, delighting when you practice, you feel that. And happiness means you feel so comfortable, light. You know when you practice one hour, two hours, three hours, sometimes you'll feel that oh my mind and whole body looks so wonderful, so good. I never experienced that feeling before. This is sukha. Okay. So he consider this and understand understand it thus. The first jhana is conditioned and intentionally produced. But whatever is conditioned and intentionally produced is impermanent, 
subject to cessation. So, this is the first jhana. If he is steady in that, he attained the distractions of the things. So, this sentence is very important. So, when you attain the first jhana, if he is steady in that, you have potential to attain Nibbana in the first jhana. So, in this sutta is very clearly mentioned that, right. But, if he does not attain the distraction of the thing, because of that desire for the Dhamma, that delight in the Dhamma, that means, if you have little bit craving in your mind, you will attain anagami, the non-returner, but you will not attain arahant. So that is why it is in this sutta set. Then with the distractions of the five lower fetters, he becomes one to the reappear as spontaneously in the pure abodes. So, pure abodes means the one of the realm in the Brahma world, it is called Suddhavasa. So, when you become anagami, it end one's returner, when you passed away, you will reborn in the Suddhavasa realm is called pure abodes. So, that place, that realm, you will attain Nibbana. You will never come back in human world, in heaven. So, from there you will go to Nibbana. You will attain Nibbana. So, what is the meaning of the Nibbana? Ni plus Vana. Nir plus Vana, we call in the Sanskrit. They also know very well Sanskrit, I do not know whether. <laughs> I know Pali and uh, I did not study Sanskrit actually. So, in Pali we call Nibbana, in Sanskrit Nirvana. So, Nir plus Vana, Nir means no, Vana means craving or fire, no fire at all in your mind no craving in your mind. So, when you attain arahanship, the highest peace, no greed, no hatred, no delusion in your mind. So, you are, you feel happiness, peace all the time. So, according to the scripture, Buddhist scripture, there are two kinds of nirvana. One is sa, sa upadi sesa nibbana, another one is the anupadi sesa nibbana. So, sa upadi sesa nibbana means when you become arahant in this very life, especially the lay people, when you become arahant, you have to get the high ordination within seven days. Why? Because this rope. This is called the Arahatta Dhaja, the flake of the Arahant. This is very powerful, you know. So, when you get, when you attain the Arahantship in this as a human, as a lay person, within seven days, if you do not get the high ordination, you will pass away. 
because the arahatta uh, qualities is very very strong so if you get the higher uh, ordination then you will find so that moment you'll feel so happiness so peace that one is called saupadisesa nibbana you'll feel that you'll enjoy the saupadisesa nibbana you are still alive when you passed away then you'll feel another happiness another peace that one is called anupadisesa nibbana after passing away right so you got the, the meaning of the nibbana and two kinds of nibbana this is according to the scripture according to the buddhist scripture so when you get anagami two things will destroy completely from your mind one is the greed another one is the hatred aversion no hatred at all no greed at all in your mind just little bit craving because here in this sutta said because of that desire for the dhamma that delight in the dhamma then the distractions of the five lower fears he becomes one due to reappear spontaneously in the pure abodes and there attain final nibbana without ever returning from that world he'll never return from there so he or she attain nibbana that place suddhavasa in the brahma world this is one thing proclaimed by the blessed one who knows and sees completely and fully enlightened wherein if a monk abides diligent ardent and resolute his unliberated mind comes to be liberated his undistorted tends come to be destroyed and he attained the supreme security from bondage that he had not attained before he had not experienced before so this is the the first jhana right so it's become very clear right first jhana now he is going to explain venerable ananda about the second jhana again with the stealing of thinking and examining thought a monk enters upon and avoids in the second jhana which has self confidence and stillness of mind with a thinking and examining thought with joy happiness born of collectedness so when you attain the second jhana thinking and examining thought stop arising thinking and examining thought will not arise anymore so how many characteristic will arise three joy happiness and unification of mind so even that time five hindrances will not arise if five hindrances arise you drop from the second jhana or you drop from the first jhana so what do you have to do you have to use the six years recognize it release it relax tension and tightness in your head in the whole body and mind the buddha explain in the satipatthana sutta 
It's called Sutta number 10 from Ajimenekiya, the four foundation of mindfulness. When I say, saw this one, they relax, you see. So relax in Pali you call Pasambaya. So Pasambaya, you'll, you'll see the Ajimenekiya Sutta number 10, translation tranquilize. So what does it mean tranquilize? Tranquilize means relax. I practiced 14 years in Tha Burma and Thailand. I never heard this word, you know. I never heard. Just uh, I practiced the Mahasi Center and other places. They said, okay, well, sit down, close your eyes, and when you feel that pain arise, you are very lucky. You are very fortunate. Just you focus pain, 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 until pain disappear. But pain never go away. It's become strong, you know, stronger. And I could sit only one hour. And nobody said, okay, please sit on the chair. Nobody said that. Everybody have to sit on the floor. So I cannot sit more than one hour because it's my knees become very, very strong pain, you know. So when I came here after 14 years, I was searching a good teacher, listening the Dhamma talk from the YouTube. And I, first time, uh, then searching, listening to Dhamma talk from the different teachers. And I heard from the Bhante talk, then I wake up. Oh, what he's talking about? And I was thinking that he's reading just a sutta. This is not a Dhamma talk. And first time, second time, third time, when I listened, and he's given a beautiful comment, very good comment. Then I contact with David. David, I want to come. <laughs> okay. He said, okay, let me talk with the Bhante. See. Then he talked with Bhante. Bhante allowed me, and I came here, and I became very friendly. So I am the one, I am the person who, who smiles all the time. That's why you see my picture is there. You see? <laughs> so one guy came from Chicago. He said, Bhante, I never see the monks always happy like you. You know? So here, smiling is the most important. When I came here, I asked the Bhante many times, why are you talking about a smiling, a smiling? Buddha never said to a smile. But he said, Buddha said, bring up the wholesome thought. Bring up the wholesome thought. How? When you smile, you feel in your mind. Your mind is so pure, clear, and light. So that way you understand this smiling is really work. Some students, you know, say that Bhante, when I practice loving kindness medita meditations, I cannot brain it. When I came here and I, I sat that place, the corner, the chair, one sitting four hours, never move. And then another guy, he came from Hong Kong, he was there. I still remember. And he saw me. Wow, that 
dead man that never moved. He slept only four hours. And the another bhikkhuni came from Australia, Australia. And they were talking. And then I break up my meditation. I told him, what are you doing here? I am practicing meditation. So you should go out and talk. She said, no, Bhante, he cannot practice meditation. What happened? He said, he cannot bring up the loving kindness. It's very difficult for him. Well, you should go to the Bhante. He'll, he'll teach you. He said, he gave me the forgiveness meditation. Even forgiveness meditation, I cannot improve. I decided to leave. I'll go back tomorrow. He said, hey, calm down, calm down. Can you tell me how do you practice forgiveness meditation? He said, you know, when I close my eyes, I remember my ex-wife and then how I am fighting with her. <laughs> this is not the way to... <laughs> this is not the way to practice the forgiveness meditation. Okay, let me teach you. So we went to the dining hall, took the tea everyone, and I told him, okay, when you was a um, very good friend with your girlfriend, so you went to the restaurant, you took the food together, or you went somewhere, so try to bring out the happy feeling your girlfriend smile with you. She was very friendly with you. Bring up that feeling to your mind and forgive her. My friend, my ex-girlfriend, be happy. I forgive you. You forgive me. Just do it that way. I forgive myself you forgive me. I forgive you, you forgive me. So, do continuously. Within 10 minutes, his meditation developed very quickly and I went to the restroom and he came immediately. He said, Bante, Bante, I got it, I got it. What happened? He said, what you taught me is really work now. Then he didn't leave. He continued practice 10 days, I think. He came here for 10 days or 12 days or maybe 15 days. He finished his retreat. And I told him, well, this is the good sign. Go to the Bhante. Tomorrow he'll change your meditation. He'll give the loving kindness. And then he went for interview for Bhante and then Bhante changed his meditations. So this is the practical things that happen in, at the center, right? So when you attain the second jhana, you'll have the self-confidence. This meditation really work, so I should not leave. You know, so that, that did, guy didn't leave. He was so upset. No, I came from Hong Kong, I want to leave tomorrow. I'll go to David, David, I want to leave. So he was so angry. Please calm down, come out. I, I call him and then go outside and explain him. So that's why sometimes you have to be very patient if you, 
you, when you practice meditation here, so everything go away f about your family, about your job, other things, just let it go. Just you came here for, for 10 days retreat, just do it. I always thought that because I stayed here about uh, four months continuously at the center. Before Rani retreat, I was thinking that, okay, I came from far away, two hours flight, two hours drive, and then I arrive here. So I have to practice meditation. So that time I didn't establish meditation center in New York. So I'm going to give the, my, uh, the, my card to all of you after my talk <laughs> so that you can visit my center in New York. So that time I was free. I was staying at the Cambodian temple in bronze. So what do you have to do? You have to know five hindrances very clearly and then six very clearly. Keep in your mind. When five hindrances, anyone arise, use the harmonious practice. Aversion, uh, sleep, uh, sensual desire arise, use the harmonious practice, the six hours. And aversion arise, use the six hours. And then sleepiness, dullness arise, use the six hours there. And then restlessness and anxiety arise, use the six hours. Doubt arise, use the six hours. So doubt, what does it mean doubt? What our teacher Delson is teaching here is not the right things. What the Buddha said, this is not the right things. It doesn't work. So if any doubt, what the karma, karma, you don't believe that. Some people, don't, they don't believe. In this country, most of the people, no religion, you know, but they want to practice meditation. They want to get the inner peace. So that's why the, when the people come, you see, in this center, some people have other religions, you know, some, most of them, no, no, no Buddhist. Even my center, many people come, they have another religion. So I told them, you human being, I'm also a human being. So you practice this meditation, try to experience. You no need to think, okay, this is Buddhist meditation, this is Christian meditation, this is other meditation. No, don't think that way. Think we are human being. That's why Buddha said, Ehi pasiku, come and see. He welcome everyone. Everyone can come and see my teaching, my Dhamma. And please try to understand. When you understand it, practice it. After practicing, when you get the truth, experiences within yourself, then you can continue. You can continuously practice. So when you attain the second jhana, you will have the self-confidence. Okay, this meditation is real work. I have to continue. I have to practice it. So thinking 
an examining thought stop rising. Only joy, happiness and unification of mind arise. Three characteristics in your mind. Sensual uh, the five hindrances don't arise. Then you attain second jhana. Right? If he consider this and understand it thus, the second jhana is conditioned and intentionally produced. The second jhana is conditioned and intentionally produced, but whatever is conditioned and intentionally produced is impermanent, subject to cessation. Everything is impermanent, whatever rising and disappearing, rising and disappearing, rising and cease, you know. So, if you think that, okay, my mind should be here. Don't move. Your mind ne never listen to you. There is no control. You cannot control it. It's automatically arising, but you have to know. Okay, you have just watch it, and you have to understand. And how is passing away? So when you know that everything is impermanent, so I am going to explain the later on here. If he is steady in that, he attains the distractions of the ten. That means when you attain the second jhana, if you study in that position, in that jhana, you have potential to attain nibbana there. Okay? But if he does not attain the distraction of the tenth, because of that desire for the Dhamma, that delight in the Dhamma, then the distractions of the five lower fetters, he becomes one due to reappear spontaneously in the pure abodes and they attain final Nibbana without ever returning from that world. That means if you don't attain Nibbana there, so you will become Anagami, non-returner. So again, when you passed away, you reborn Suddhavasa, the pure abodes, and there you let in Nibbana. This too is one thing proclaimed by the Blessed One, who knows and sees, accomplished and fully enlightened, wherein if a monk abides diligent, ardent, resolute, his unliberated mind becomes to be liberated, his undestroyed taints come to be destroyed, and he attains the supreme security from bondage that he had not attained before. So this is the second jhana, right? The second jhana also very clear. So when you attain first jhana, and you continue doing, continue practicing, then you will see that thinking and examining thought not arising, joy, happiness and unification mind arise. You will know yourself, this is the characteristic of the second jhana. So, you will understand yourself, I attend the second jhana, now. So, that time please don't announce to anyone. <laughs> Only you can share to the teacher. So if you share, hey, I got now second jhana, I am so happy now. 
so you're proud too much maybe you cannot if you do that to others who never practice meditation who never have experiences about the second jhana they will not understand what he's talking about i don't know he said he attained second jhana <laughs> so that way you will not be able to progress your meditation the pride arise in your mind this is the pride is the one of the hindrances it's not good things so what do you have to do that time you have to use again the sixers so the sixers or a harmonious practice you have to use again and again again and again again and again until you attain arahant when you become arahant the highest peace your job finish no need to do anymore no need to use the <laughs> six hours <laughs> okay so you got the second jhana now we are uh, going to talk about the third jhana again with the fading away of joy among abides in equanimity mindful and fully aware still feeling happiness with the body he enters upon and abided in the third jhana on account of which noble ones announce when you attain the third jhana joy is stop rising joy will not rise so you have two characteristic that time one is the happiness and another one is the unification of mind so that time also hindrances will not arise only happiness and unification of mind then you know okay i am in the third jhana right now right he has a pleasant abiding who has the equanimity and is mindful so your mindful will be more sharper than before you know more clear than before he considered this and understand it does the third jhana is conditioned and intentionally produced but whatever is conditioned and intentionally produced is impermanent subject to cessation is everything is impermanence is passing away i cannot control anything there is no control if you can control you can attain the nibbana within short time oh i can control i mind never listen to you mind is like monkey is run everywhere you see some some of uh, some people told me bante you know when i practice meditation my mind go everywhere i cannot control what should i do so here one things we have to know that when we practice meditation hindrances arise again and again again and again again and again why but some people when they close their eyes and within 5 minutes 10 minutes they can develop their meditation very very well so some people cannot even 5 few second 
they cannot control their mind. They cannot focus in their meditation. Hindrances arise again and again. Use the sixers arising, sixers arising, sixers. Because in the past we broke the precept. So that's why. So I give him today. I ordain him actually, and I gave him new name, Mathananda. So he will give you the eight precept. So what is the meaning of Mathananda? Metta means loving kindness. Metta plus ananda. Ananda means enjoy. So one who enjoy the loving kindness is called Metthananda. <laughs> Beautiful name, right? So he'll give you the he give every morning eight precept. So when you in the retreat, please don't break up the precept. If you break up, Go to him, Mattananda. Please give me eight precept again. I broke up one precept. Then he will give you again. So that way you will not feel guilty. Okay, when you feel the guilty, what will you feel? For example, you are practicing meditation, one sitting, two hours, three hours. So when you Think that oh, I broke up one one precept. You will not be able to sit even thirty minutes. You feel restless. Hindrances arise again and again, again and again, again and again, because you already know you broke up the precept. So that's why you have to be purified again. So all the meditate every meditation center. We talk about, you know, keep the precept first. In the Buddhist scripture, we call dana, giving generosity, sila, morality, or keep the precept, and bhavana, it's called meditation. So, Giving generosity, why we are doing that? Our mind very strong, strong of craving, very, very strong. So when you give up something, you know, then all that your craving will reduce slowly. Your greed will reduce slowly. And second thing, you keep the precept. That means you purify your mind. You understand, your mind is so clear, so pure, you know, very clean. Then you practice meditation, you will see your mind, meditation will progress very, very fast, very quickly. That's why the precept is most important at the meditation center. So whenever we teach to the others, please keep the precept. Don't break the precept. The precept is very, very important. So, in the third jhana, the same things, you see the repetition a lot here. Why did the Buddha repeat, 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 first time, second time, third time, why? In the suttas, you will find that. 
repetition first time second time third time because during the Buddha's time the Buddha was teaching to the uneducated people to the farmer and to the, the some people who never have education you know he used very simple language first time he delivered talk to them they couldn't catch it and second time he said again they understood little bit and third time he said again it's become clear and they became stream mantra sutapanna sakadagami anagami even arahant you see that's why you'll see most of the suttas in Majjhima Nikaya, Sanyutta Nikaya, he repeat one time, he said one time, and second time again repeat, third time again he said. So this is the reason, you know, every sutta you will get it. So if he is steady in that, he attained the destruction of the taints. But if he does not attain the destruction of the taint because of that desire for the Dhamma, that delight in the Dhamma, then with the distractions of the five lower fairs, he becomes one due to the reappear spontaneously in the pure abodes and they attain the final Nibbana without ever returning from that world. This too is uh, one thing proclaimed by the Blessed One who knows and sees, accomplished and fully enlightened, wherein if a monk avoids diligent ardent and resolute. His unliberated mind comes to be liberated, his undisturbed taints come to be destroyed, and he attains the supreme security from bondage he had not attained before. So this is the second jhana, uh, third jhana. When you study on that, you have potential to attain Nibbana there. Okay. Now he's talking about the fourth jhana. So you got now three jhanas already become very clear, right? <laughs> so you have to know all those jhanas, you know. If you know very clearly, you can, when you finish the retreat here, you go back at your home, you can practice at your home, you know, in, in your room, you, you practice yourself. Oh, now. Every day, uh, I usually practice uh, early morning. Early morning is the best. Everybody quiet, you know, just wake up early morning and practice at least one hour. So this practice, not less than 30 minutes. Some people said, okay, I practice only five minutes. No, not enough. <laughs> five minutes, not enough. You know, my center in New York, when people come during the ceremony, because that center is Brahma Vihara Meditation Center, loving kindness, compassion, joy, and equanimity. So I given that center name, Brahma Vihara Meditation Center, because when I was here, my cabin named Brahma Vihara, so I took from here to New York. <laughs> so now that cabin, Niruda. No more Brahma Vihara. So people come, a lot of people, about 100 people, you know, 
and then I gave the, some religious services to them. And I told them, okay, well, everybody close your eyes. You have to practice meditation now. Then they're close. And they don't know what they are doing. <laughs> so I give some instruction to them. You know, when they close their eyes, okay, remember a time when you were happy. When that happy feeling arises at the center of your chest, you feel warm and glowing feeling. Then you make wish, may I be happy, may I be calm, may I be peaceful, may I be full of joy, may I be content, and so on. Whatever you want to intend, you can make wish, you can radiate to yourself. So it doesn't mean that you just uh, memorize it like words and then you repeat again, repeat again, repeat again. No, don't do that. <laughs> when you are radiating to yourself, you have to feel it. And you have to smile all the time. Some people say that, Bhante, you know, loving kindness is not rising in my mind. What should I do? That means you are not smiling. So you have to smile more, more, more. Then you'll see loving kindness will arise in your mind. More you smile, more you can develop your loving kindness. Otherwise, no. So, Every Friday, my center have retreat at 7 p.m. So some people come, hi, hello, their, their face look like full of anger. Okay, how are you? I am fine. Okay, come. So I smile. Even I smile with them, but they are not so smiling. So, but I give the talk 30 minutes to them, and I told them, okay, well, you come here for practicing meditation, you have to smile. I don't want you to like angry face, you know, I don't want to see that. So when 30 minutes talk and 30 minutes practice and 30 minutes Q&A, so when they leave, big smile rise in their face. <laughs> so that's why the smiling is the most important here, feeling and smiling. You have to feel how you are radiating loving kindness to yourself. If you don't feel, that means you are not follow, following our instruction. You are not following my instruction. So when you feel that, how, when you radiate loving kindness to yourself, you see how radiation is going on. You will experience that. Ten minutes only. 10 minutes you radiate loving kindness to yourself and you must feel that with smile. And then after 10 minutes, you have to choose a spiritual friend. So some people say, Bhante, how can I find a spiritual? I don't have anyone. And I told them, okay, you can choose me. I'm the spiritual person. <laughs> You can choose Bhante. 
Oh, this is the good things. Yeah. <laughs> I can show you. Yeah. This. Okay, then one guy said, Bante, you know, when I radiate loving kindness to you, I saw that you were smiling very much. You see? Your face appeared in front of me. This is a good sign, right? <laughs> so, when you radiate loving kindness to yourself, if you still cannot bring loving, ki uh, loving kindness, Remember that you, when you were talking with your friend, you smile with your friend. Who? You. You smile with your friend. Bring up that smile in the center of your chest. And when you feel that, you warm and glowing feeling, you feel here, then you will start radiating loving kindness to yourself. Then when you radiate to your spiritual friend, okay, you did already, 10 minutes done. How do you understand? Because you close your eyes. You, you didn't see that the clock, right? So how do you understand? You just guess it. Okay, now 10 minutes done. So now, after 10 minutes, I have to radiate loving kindness to a spiritual friend. So those who are men, choose the men. Those who are uh, women, choose the women. Why? Because you are the beginner. So when you choose the women, the five hindrances, among the five hindrances, anyone can arise again and again, again and again. So that's the way you your, your, your meditation will not develop very well. So choose only men. When you attend the fourth jhana, then you can choose your wife, you can choose your girlfriend, you can choose your mom, you know, your sister, no problem. Your family members. So this practice, at the beginning, when you choose the spiritual friend, no any family member. That will be your best friend, your close friend, who really help you, who really like you. Choose that person. If you cannot find, just remember Bhante. Just remember Matananda. Right? A spiritual friend. So that way you can develop your meditations well. So, when you radiate loving-kindness to the spiritual friend, your fr friend smile with you. Bring up that feeling, the center of your chest. When you feel warm and glowing feeling, the center of your chest, then you start radiating loving-kindness to your spiritual friend. May my friend be happy. May my friend be calm. May my friend be full of joy. May my friend be content. You see how your radiation is going to your friend. You feel that. How his radiation is spreading to him. So yesterday, she, what is her name? She asked these questions. When I radiate loving kindness to the, my friend, 
how he or she understand. Let me, let me give you one example. After practicing here at Dhammasukha Meditation Center, when I returned back in New York, I choose a spiritual friend, one Cambodian monk, with who I live. He's very kind and very respectful for person, you know. He's like my elder brother. And I bring up his face, his smiling face in front of me. And I started reading loving kindness to him. When I returned back to New York, and I said, Bante, I choose you as a spiritual friend. And I started reading loving kindness to you. Did you feel it? He said, yeah, yeah, I feel that. I felt that. He said it. I don't know how did he feel it, but I just asked him. He said, I felt it. And now you look very different. So this is the two examples. Yesterday I gave an, one example, today another example, right? So when you radiate loving kindness to a spiritual friend, so you'll see this is the good for you and good for your spiritual friend. And also you attain the jhana. So jhana is if you don't continue practice, you may drop. So you have to again practice. Then it will come again very quickly. Right? So this is the, the third jhana. Now I am going to explain the fourth jhana. Again, with the abandoning of pleasure and pain, with the previous disappearance of joy and grief, a monk enters upon his abides in the fourth jhana, which, is, which has never pain, never, nor pleasure, and purity of mindfulness due to equanimity. He considered this and understand it thus. Again, he's going to repeat the same sentence. The fourth jhana is conditioned and intentionally produced. But whatever is conditioned and intentionally produced is impermanent, subject to cessation. If he is steady in that, he attained the distractions of the things. That means, if you steady in the fourth jhana, you have potential to attain Nibbana there. You see? But if he does not attain the distractions of the ten because of that desire for the Dhamma, that delight in, in the Dhamma, then the with the distractions of the five lower fetters, he becomes one due to reappear spontaneously in pure abodes. And they attain final Nibbana with the error returning from the, that world. So again he attained anagami and reborn in the Suddhavasa realm, Brahma world. And there he attained Nibbana, if you have little bit craving, you know. Then with the distraction, this too is one thing proclaimed by the Blessed One who knows and sees, accomplished and fully enlightened. 
wherein if a monk abides in diligent, ardent, resolute, his unliberated mind comes to be liberated, his undestroyed taints come to be destroyed, and he attains the supreme security from bondage that he had not attained before. So here one thing he explained very clearly. A monk abides diligent, ardent, and resolute. That means you have to practice continuously, every day. See if you think, okay, I, uh, I went to the Masuka, I did a 10 days retreat, done. I became Sotapanna, I attained the jhanas. No need to do anymore. So if you think that way, you'll never attain Nibbana. <laughs> so he has said, a man avoids diligent, ardent, resolute. Please practice continuously even if you go back at home. At least one hour, right? At least one hour. So, when you attend the fourth jhana, you see your feeling here not anymore. Your friend, it will go top of your head. You will experience that. Some people think, where is my feeling? I cannot feel anymore here. But if you look at you pay attention very clearly. Your feeling is not here. Well, but it's, it's going to the top of your head. Some people can experience when they practice walking meditation. So, how do you practice walking meditation? You sit here one hour, two hours, ten minutes, radiate loving kindness to yourself, and 20, min uh, 20 minutes or 30 minutes or 1 hour, 2 hours, you radiate loving kindness to a spiritual friend. So when you break up and then you went outside, so how will you do? How will you practice walking meditation? You walk normal pace. Don't look at left side, don't look at right side. Two hands away. Just look at there and walk normal pace. Stay with a spiritual friend. Radiate loving kindness to a spiritual friend. That time when you are practicing loving, uh, when you are practicing walking meditation, you have to stay with your spiritual friend. You are taking shower, whatever activities you are doing, stay with the spiritual friend. So this practice all the time. Not only just only come here and then you see it practice and when you go outside, no, no mindful, not like that. All the time, whatever activities you are doing. So when you come back again and again sit, radiate loving kindness, 10 minutes to yourself and then the rest of time to a spiritual friend, right? So some people when they do walking meditation outside, their mind, their feeling is not here. They feel that their feeling is here. That means they attend the fourth jhana. You see? So that's why they, some people cannot attend fourth jhana or first jhana, second jhana, third jhana when they do sitting meditation. But when they practice walking meditation, they can get it. 
It's different other people. You know? So when you think that your feeling is not here in the center of your chest, you, it's, it's already on top of your head, then you wait in the, yeah, that moment, that time, your mind will be so balanced. You know, the more equanimity arises in your mind. So that time, you will be the advanced meditator. So when you become advanced meditator, then how do you practice? You do the same things? No. Will change your meditation. So you have to do the sixth direction. So Buddha always talk to the monks about the Brahma Vihara. He started from the sixth direction. Because those monks are advanced meditators. You know? So when you practice loving kindness, through the loving kindness meditation, you can attain first jhana, second jhana, third jhana, and fourth jhana. When you become advanced meditator, you attain the fourth jhana, then we change your meditation. You have to practice six direction. So forward, we call the one quarter, second quarter, third quarter, and fourth quarter. Do you listen to that? So what does it mean one quarter? One quarter means you radiate loving kindness forward. May all living means it's from here because your feeling is not here, right? It's feeling from your feeling is here. May all living beings, all living beings. Be happy, peaceful, free from suffering. Then you see, your radiation will go from here to the forward. You see, it will go slowly, but not too fast. Okay. Don't be hurry. Everything is you have to uh, follow the middle way. Majjima padipada, middle way. You see. Just radiate, then you see how your radiation is going on forward. It's called one quarter. Second quarter from that side, back side. Third quarter from here, left side. It will go directly that way. And fourth quarter, right side from here, it will go that way. Above. From here, go up, below, go down, and then all direction. So, how do you practice the all direction meditation? <laughs> Even me, I was very confused. I went to David. David, tell me how to do all direction meditation. I don't know. He said, "Well, remember candle." Okay. So, when you light the candle. So, candle is lighting the all direction, right? Yeah, yeah, this is a very good example. <laughs> I follow that. <laughs> it's really work. And I bring up the candle in front of me. The all radiation is going to all directions. It's so beautiful. Okay? So, do that way. So, you'll see when you do the all direction like that, 
the irradiation will be expansion from here to go all directions slowly. So, when you practice that, your loving kindness meditation, because you are still practicing loving kindness, it will change automatically into karuna, compassion. Right? So, how will you understand your meditation from loving kindness? It changes automatically to the compassion. You feel that your mind will be so soft, like cotton. You feel that. And then you feel like you are on the sky, like on the ocean. See, you sit down, but oh, you don't feel nobody at all. Only mind. So that stage called the base of infinite space. The base of infinite space. So that time you understand that this is the characteristic of the compassion. Your meditation already changed from loving kindness to the compassion. So, you just that time you radiate six direction again compassion for forward one quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, above, below and all direction exactly the same do the compassion. So, when you do that actually everything is here, but uh, I know all these things that is why I am not reading here. <laughs> okay. So, that way, okay, let me read. Again, a monk avoid perverting one quarter with a mind imbued with loving kindness, likewise the second, likewise the third, likewise the fourth. So, I already explained that, right? You understood. So, above, below, around, and everywhere, and to all as to himself, he avoids perverting the all encompassing world with a mind imbued with loving kindness, abandoned, exalted, immeasurable, without hostility, and without ill. He consider this and understand it does. This is the deliver, uh, deliverance of mind through loving kindness is conditioned and intentionally produced. But whatever is conditioned and intentionally produced is impermanent subject to cessation. If he is steady in that, he attain the distractions of the things. But if he does not attain the destruction of the things because of that desire for the Dhamma, the delight in the Dhamma, then with the distractions of the five lower fetters, he becomes one due to reappear spontaneously in the pure abodes and they attain final Nibbana without ever returning from that world. This too is one thing proclaimed by the Blessed One who knows and sees accomplished and fully enlightened, wherein if a monk abides diligent, ardent, resolute, his unliberated mind comes to be liberated, his undistraught things come to be distraught, and he attains the supreme security from bondage and he had not attended before. So, that one I already explained that. So, when you, your meditation will change. Actually, this is still loving kindness. And what I explained earlier, that one is 
the nest. A monk's abide pervading one quarter with a mind imbued with compassion. So your meditation will change into the compassion. Likewise the second, likewise the third, likewise the fourth. So if you know how to radiate the sixth direction, loving kindness, compassion easy. The same way you just radiate compassion. You just feel that. That time no form, only mind. You feel that. So I don't say that one is the fifth jhana, sixth jhana, seventh jhana, eighth jhana. In the suttas, you'll find first jhana, second jhana, third jhana, fourth jhana. So I say ayatana in Pali. Ayatana means space, space. The base of infinite space. The base of infinite consciousness. The base of nothingness. The base of neither perception nor non-perception. So we call in Pali Akasa Nansayatana, the base of infinite space, the base of infinite consciousness, Vinya Na Ayatana. We call this one. And then the base of nothingness, Akinchi Nayatana. Then the last one is neither perception nor non-perception. So when you practice the karuna, compassion, the, the sixth direction like the loving kindness, so you'll see that your meditation will develop from that stage to the, the base of infinite consciousness. So how do you understand that? you'll see the consciousness, the series of the consciousness, you may see a little bit the dependent originations what the David explained, the Dalson explained yesterday. You can see the link of dependent origination. The consciousness, the series of the consciousness, you'll see is rising, passing away, rising, passing away, rising, passing away, it's very quickly. Then you'll feel that, wow, I am not saying to rise, it's rising and it's a strong joy will rise in your mind. That's why it's called, this is the joy meditation. Karuna is called compassion, right? Mudita, Impali, joy. So that is the base of infinite consciousness we call Mudita. So Mudita means joy. So you'll see, uplifted joy will rise in your mind. That joy is not, not the same what you attend the first jhana, second jhana, third jhana, and fourth jhana. This is the uplifted joy. So you feel that. Then you see, wow, this consciousness house arising, passing away, arising, passing away, arising, passing away. So then in your mind you feel that everything is impermanent. There is no nothing control here. 
I cannot control anything. Okay, stop. Don't arise. Never listen. Everything is impermanence and passing away. Rising, passing away. Rising, passing away. So when your mind is more sharper, then you may see the dependent origination that that time. So that stage is called the base of infinite consciousness, mudita. Right? So when you think that, okay, now I am the stage of mudita, I am the stage of the joy, the base of infinite consciousness. So what do you have to do? Again you do the six direction mudita meditation. Joy meditation, six direction, forward, backward, left side, right side, above, below, and all direction. When you do that, then you will see you are practicing, practicing, practicing. When your mind just a little bit unbalanced, just watching that time, just use the six hours harmonious practice. Practice, practicing, practicing. Then you will see that you will not see anything there. Buddha said the base of nothingness. Right? You will not see anything. Everything empty. Then, you know, some the meditator, they think that, okay, I sit one hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, but I cannot see anything. I should break up meditation because I cannot see anything. It doesn't work. Then break up and then go away. Let me explain you one thing. This is very funny actually. I practice meditation my cabin. Right now, Niruda cabin. You know, I wake up at 3 a.m. and I start practicing meditation from 4 to 7, 4 hours. When I was practicing, 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 I couldn't see anything, you know. Four hours gone, couldn't see anything. And I broke up my meditation. And after finishing breakfast, I went to Vante. How about your meditation? My meditation not so good. What happened? I woke up at 3 a.m. and I started practicing from 4 to 7. So I couldn't see anything, so I broke up. Don't do that next time. He said, why? What happened? This is a good sign for you. Buddha already said here, the base of nothingness, right? Yeah, well, he said, so what? Just watching your mind. You should not do next time like that. Okay, it's fine. Yeah. Okay, read the sutta again and practice continuously. Okay. I never forget that. He scolded me. You know? So that's why when you attain that stage, just watching your mind, just watching, watching, watching. So when your mind is little bit unbalanced, just use the sixers there. Then you again watching your mind. Even though nothingness, nothing exists, it's okay, no problem. Still just watching, watching, watching. 
So from that stage, you may attain the base of neither perception nor non-perception. So that time, feeling, perception, a feeling, perception, yes, and consciousness. We call Vedana, perception, Sanya, and consciousness, Vinyala. These three things stop arising. Everything has stopped. Then you feel the huge, strong joy rise in your mind that you never experienced before. Right? You never experienced before. This is the first time. So that joy is, is called the noble joy. So you may, that time you will be Swatapanna, the path of Istrimantra. So that joy, it will, one week, two weeks, one month, three months, it will be with you, you see. So when you continuously practice, you see, you will experience that. So these are called Brahma Vihara, Metta, loving kindness. So through the loving kindness meditation, you can attain first jhana, second jhana, third jhana, and fourth jhana. And then karuna, compassion, no form. Mudita, joy, the base of infinite cons uh, consciousness only mind and the base of nothingness, upekka. And the last one is the base of neither perception nor non-perception. So you got the Brahma Vihara, right? Loving kindness, compassion, joy and equanimity. So that's why we are practicing loving uh, Brahma Vihara here, everyone. So, here Buddha said, again a monk avoids pervading one quarter with a mind imbued with loving compassion, likewise the second, likewise the third, likewise the fourth, so above, below, around, and everywhere, to all as to himself. He avoids pervading the all-encompassing world with a mind imbued with compassion, abandoned, exalted, immeasurable, without hostility and without illusion. He considered this and understand it thus. This deliverance of mind through compassion is conditioned and intentionally produced. But what is conditioned and intentionally produced? He is impermanent, subject to cessation. If he is steady in that, he attains the destruction of the taint. That means even though in the compassion, when you practice, if you steady in that, you have potential to attain Nibbana there, that stage. But if he does not attain the destruction of the ten because of that desire for the Dhamma, that 
delight in the Dhamma, then with the distractions of the five, fet five lower fetters, he becomes one due to reappear spontaneously in the pure abodes. And they attain final Nibbana with ever returning from that world. This too is one thing proclaimed by the Blessed One who knows and sees, accomplished and fully enlightened, wherein if a monk appears diligent, ardent and resolute, his unliberated mind comes to be liberated, his undistraints come to be distraught, and he attains the supreme security from bondage that he had not attained before. So these are the karuna, right? And now he is going to explain mudita. Again, a monk avoids perverting one quarter with a mind imbued loving kindness, like was the second, like was the third, like was the fourth. You see, the same things. So, above, below, around, and everywhere, to all as to himself, he avoids perverting the all encompassing world with a mind imbued with joy, abandoned, exalted, imaginable, without hostility and without illusion. He considered this and understand it thus. This deliverance of mind through joy is conditioned and intentionally produced. But whatever is conditioned and intentionally produced is impermanent, subject to cessation. If he is steady in that, he attained the destructions of the ten. Even the base of infinite consciousness, if you steady in that, you have potential to attain Nibbana at that stage. But if he does not attain the distraction of the taints because of that desire for the Dhamma, that delight in the Dhamma, then with the distractions of the five lower fetters, he becomes one due to reappear spontaneously in Suddhavasa, pure abodes, Brahma world, and they attain final Nibbana without ever returning from that world in the anagami. This too is one thing proclaimed by the Blessed One who knows and sees accomplished and fully enlightened, wherein if a monk avoids diligent, ardent and resolute, his unliberated mind comes to be liberated, his undistraught mind come to be distraught, and he attained the supreme security from bondage that he had not attained before. So this is the mudita, right? I will explain that. <laughs> now, Venerable Ananda is going to explain upekka, equanimity. Again, among about perverting one quarter with a mind imbued equanimity, likewise the second, likewise the third, likewise the fourth. So above, below, around, and everywhere and to all as to himself. He avoids perverting the all-encompassing world with a mind imbued the equanimity, abandoned, exalted, immeasurable, without hostility and without will. He considers this and understands it thus. This deliverance of mind through equanimity is conditioned and intentionally produced. If he is steady in that, he attained the distractions of the tense. So you see, when he attained the base of nothingness, if 
he is steady in that he has potential to attain nibbana there but if he does not attain the destruction of the taint because of that desire for the dhamma that delight in the dhamma then with the destructions of the five lower fetters he becomes one due to reappear as spontaneously in the pure abodes that means they again in the suddhavasa in brahma world so he will he become anagami and he'll reborn there and from there he can attain nibbana and they attain final nibbana with the ever returning from that world this too is one things proclaimed by the blessed one who knows and sees accomplished and finally enlightened wherein if a monk abides diligent ardent and resolute his unliberated minds comes to be liberated his undistorted tains come to be destroyed and he attains the supreme security from bondage that he had not attained before so this is the base of nothingness it's called upekka so you got now brahma vihara right <laughs> metta karuna mudita upekka loving kindness compassion joy and equanimity when the venerable ananda has had spoken the householder dasama of ataganagara said to him you know the householder was very happy he knew all the jhanas he understood very clearly wow i have to give something to him i have to offer some special to him to venerable ananda venerable ananda just as if if a man seeking one entrance to a hidden treasure came to all at once upon 11 entrances to a hidden treasures so to while i was seeking seeking one door to the deathless i have come to all at once to hear of 11 doors of the deathless just as if a man had a house with 11 doors and when that house caught on fire he could flee to safety by any one of that 11 doors so too i can flee to safety by any one of these 11 doors to the deathless that means this is the one house right in this house have 11 doors when in this house fire so you can go away you can any door right so he's going to say that so when you have 11 doors 11 exist exit right exit so you can you can go anyway you can use anyway anyone then go out so you can save yourself so venerable sir these sectarians will even seek a teachers fee for their teacher you are my good teacher i have to acknowledge to you i have to give you something special you know so he was thinking that why shouldn't i make an offering 
to the venerable Ananda? Because he learned all the jhanas, Brahma Vihara. I have to give you something. Then the householder Dasama of Atakanagara assembled the Sangha of monks from Pataliputta and Visali. Sangha means community. One monk, two monk, three monks. We don't, we don't say Sangha. We call Pugala. Pugala means ordinary. Ordinary monks, you know. Sangha, when four monks one place, four to up, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, we call Sangha. So there are two kinds of Sangha. One is the lay Sangha, another one is the monastic Sangha. So according to the Vinaya discipline rule, so when four monks will be present here, so we say Sangha. So he said, the assembly the Sangha of monks from Pataliputta and Visali, he invited the Sangha, more than four monks. And with his own hands, he served and satisfied them with various kinds of good food, delicious food. You know, very, very delicious. So, I am very fortunate, I am very lucky, you know, I live in New York, people invited me every Saturday, Sunday, I, every day, a lot of food, you know, sometimes I cannot eat. <laughs> See, I said, no, 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 don't give me. I put my hands like that. Because they really, really want to offer you. They're, my people like for serving, you know, but here you have to take it yourself. Okay, Bhante, please take this one. You know, I work very hard. I, I really make it special for you. Please take a little bit. No, 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 I don't want. Okay, please take, take it. They'll push you. You know? So, he, present, he presented a pair of clothes to each monk. So, pair of clothes means upper rope, and this one is called, is, there is another rope here, it's called lower rope. Okay? So here one set, spare of cloths or ropes to each monk, every monk he offered to one set, one set, one set. And he presented a triple rope to the venerable Ananda, a special. So what does it mean the triple? Upper rope, lower rope, another one is called outer rope, we put here. When you get the high ordinations, you must have it. So how many? Three, right? So he donated, he offered to Ananda triple ropes. And he had a dwelling or dwelling worth five hundred core built for the venerable Ananda. So one core equal to 10,000 pieces of gold. So, Ananda was very lucky. He got a big temple, you know. So, you are not lucky. I am not lucky. I bought myself. I spent <laughs> I, I bought the house 355 in New York. 
I'm an unfortunate man, right, David? <laughs> so he was very lucky. So see, only one tamatok. He got triple ropes and big monastery. So he stayed there. He lived there, right? So this is the sutta for today. Fifty-two. Atthaganagara sutta, right? Okay. So do you have any question? You can ask me now. So if you don't ask me, I will understand that you understand all the genres. Right? <laughs> okay, 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 go ahead. Desire, as I said in my talk, when you have little bit, little bit craving, just little bit. Little bit craving means you have little bit delusion there. Little bit delusion. As I said, when greed, hatred, destroy. Only delusion he didn't mention there. Did he mention, did he? No. So you ha you'll have little bit delusion there. Because of that, you'll attain anagami, but will not attain arahant. So when you, when you destroy greed, hatred, and delusion, that means you are arahant. Right? So you have to understand when someone attain anagami, you'll see you speak differently to him to make him angry. Okay, I have to just him whether he attained anagami or not. So you can use the hurts speech or you can say something that is not proper. See, when if you say immediately angry, that means he is not anagami. He is not anagami person. And how do you know someone get arahan? How do you understand? Sutta number 112 from Majjimanikaya. You read that sutta. Let me give you one example. At Damasuka, <laughs> one guy came here for practice meditation. Everybody sleeping. He came here. He's practicing, practicing, practicing. He said, don't disturb me. I want to stay alone. I practice, practice, practice. He came here for 10 days or maybe 8 days at the center. <coughs> so retreat finished. He want to leave. David, I want to leave. Okay, well. So he took him to the airport. So he went to the Farmington. I think maybe he passed the Farmington. He said, go back, Tamasuka. Hey, what happened? What happened? David David said, what happened? What? You want me to go back, Tamasuka? Yes, go back, Tamasuka. Tell me, what happened? I became Arahant now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fine. David said, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Then 
he was angry. He said, I already passed two, drive to two hours and then now you are saying to return back to Dhammasuka? Okay. Again, brought him here. David, go to the Bhante. Bhante, you know, the guy who wanted to leave, I took him on the, uh, to the airport. He said, go back, Dhammasuka. Okay, I brought him here. What should I do now? Okay, call everyone. I'm coming to give Dhamma talk. Okay. Everybody came and Bhante opened the sutta number 112. Okay, I'm going to read this sutta. You have to answer. I'm going to ask the questions, you have to answer. Okay, he read, read, read. Okay, do you have this experience to you? He said, no. You are not Arahan. Finish. So what you have to do? You have to understand Sutta number 112. And second thing, you have to stay with that monk or that person at least five months. You have to see how he's walking, how he's behaving, how he's talking, how he's eating. All the time you have to uh, stay with him at least five months. If little bit anger arise, he's not Arahan anymore. So you you'll know because the sutta is here already. You have just you have to study and understand it. You got it? Okay, next. Oh, I, I see. <laughs> I see. <laughs> I, I forgot that. <laughs> I forgot that. <laughs> so this example I give all the time when I give the Dhamma talk in New York, when the, uh, we have the retreat. So I give, most of the time I give this, this example, you know. things yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's why you have to have knowledge about the sutta and also you have to have experiences. Don't believe what others said. So some people you know just listen, okay you know that guy become Arahan, they become Suttapanna, Sakadagami, Anagami. Don't believe that. Don't believe that. Try to understand yourself. I don't believe, you know, that's why some monks, they don't like me, because I am very practical. My mom was very pious, 
very religious. I am the youngest in my family. We are five brothers. I am the number five. So he took me many, many, many Buddhist ceremonies because she is very religious lady, you know. Okay, son, my son, go, go, go. We want to go. We have the one set of Buddhist ceremony over there. This temple, that temple, this temple, that temple. She, go, she, she went everywhere. She took me there. So that time I don't know about Buddhism because I was the science student. You know, I studied um, chemistry, biology, mathematics, all those things. I, don't, I, 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 don't, I never have, I don't have any idea about Buddhism that time, you know. So when she took me many, many religious places, she believed what the monk said. Okay, monk said this one, we should follow this. That monk said that one, we should follow this. Well, because she is my mom, I have to follow, you know. And then when I finished the, the highest secondary education, highest secondary certificate, we call intermediate, then I went to Burma for studying Buddhism. So I got a scholarship from International Theravada Buddhist Mission University in Myanmar. So I studied there about uh, three years. That taught me Buddhist scripture, Vinaya, discipline rules, Suttanta, Suttanta discourses of the Buddha, and Abhidhamma. It's called the philosophy, philosophical thinking, you know. So all the those teaching they taught us at the university. And I was thinking about my mom. What did she, what did she do in the past? She took me many, many places. And after I think six or seven years, I went back to my country because I went to Burma from Burma after finishing my educations, uh, diploma in Buddhism, bachelor in Buddhism, I went to Thailand for studying my master, master degree. And I studied at Dhamma, uh, Maha Chulalongkorn Buddhist University. So I, I finished the master degree there in Buddhism, in Buddhist studies. So I went, returned back to my country. My, my mom is still doing the same thing. And I said, wait a minute, you should not do, do this one. She said, why? No, no, no. This is not the right things. Before you taught me, now I teach you. You should listen to me now. <laughs> this is the right things what I'm saying to you. Mom, you should listen to me. Okay, well, well. But you know, still he thinks that this is my son. Still, she doesn't listen to me. Okay, let me explain another practical story during the Buddha's time. The Sariputta, who was the chief disciple of the Buddha, Sariputta was 10 years older than Buddha. You know, he was very intellectual monk, very intellectual monk. So, he went 
the, the Mughalana went to the one monk. Said so in the five ascetic, the last one is Asaji. So he was practicing meditation under the tree. He was very calm, very quiet, very gentle. The Mughalana saw from far away and he went to him. Venerable Sir, I saw you were practicing meditation. Who is your teacher? He said, Gautama Buddha. He just heard that word. Okay, how do you practice meditation? Can you tell me? Yeah, my teacher, Gautama Buddha taught me, you have to practice like that, you have to practice like this. Whenever you are walking, you have to be aware of it. You have to be mindful of it all the time. He just heard that word and he understood Dhamma. He became a spiritual person, you know. He became a stream enter. And then that message, he, when he returned back to the Sariputta, Mughalana said, okay, I made a one ascetic today. His name is Asaji. And I questioned him, and he answered very well. So whatever he learned from Mughalana, uh, from uh, Asaji, Mughalana said to the Sariputta, Sariputta became a steam enter. So both of them decided to go to see the Buddha. So they went to the Buddha, and Buddha gave Dhamma talk, and they became, you know, they understood all the teaching of the Buddha. And they requested to me, Venerable Sir, please ordain us. We want to be monk. And both of them become Buddhist monk. They got a high ordination. Then they practice, practice, practice meditation, Mughalana, attain Arahanship. And he, he got the psychic power. He can go everywhere. He can fly everywhere. Mughalana. So the other disciples didn't attain that. So Sariputta. One day Buddha was giving a Dhamma talk. A lot of people listening to his Dhamma talk. Venerable Sariputta is just fanning. You know, you, you see, like this. And he experienced that, wow, Buddha is giving Dhamma talk to the people. So I'm going to answer your question again. He doesn't have any craving, even he is in his Dhamma talk. When he understood that, Sariputta became Arahan. Even he was fanning that time. He attained arahanship. So now both of them arahan. Mughalana arahant and Sariputta also attained arahanship. 
Sariputta's mom always practiced righteous rituals. She never practiced meditation. Even though her son already arahant, she doesn't listen to her, listen to him. She thinks that, oh, he's my son. Why I have to follow him? No. But Sariputta understood, I have to help her to attain noble person. So, she always do some offering or respect to the deities. She never see the deities, you know, but still she is doing, go to the, under the tree, okay, oh deities, I offer to you, please take it and then bow, bow, bow three times, that's it. She is doing that. Sariputta said to him, stop doing, she does not listen. And Sariputta want to attend Nibbana, I mean he, he is going to pass away. So before going to pass, before passing away, he went to Buddha, said Buddha please allow me, I want to pass, to pass away. Okay, I allow you, you can go now. So, after getting permission from the Buddha, Venerable Sariputta is going to his kuti and he also said to his mom, Mom, I am going to pass away to Mahaparinibbana tonight, so please come and see. Okay. All the deities, thousand, thousand, thousand deities, they prepare bed for him. They decorated around his place so beautiful and lighting everywhere. So his mom came. He said, Wow, it's a lot of deities here. I did a lot, a lot of respect, offering to the deities before I never see that and all those deities respecting my son and when she saw that she attained Sudhapanna. <laughs> she attained Sudhapanna there. You see that's why you know when you know Buddhism especially family people they don't want to listen because that is no, he's my brother. He's my son, you know, that in that way. But later on, you see the Buddha, when he became enlightenment, at first, so Ananda, Ananda was the cousin of the Buddha. At first, he helped the family members, family members. Yesterday, I was talking with him because he, he thought that he will get ordinations and he I told him you have to get, get a permission from your wife, otherwise I will not, I am not going to ordain you. And he sent message to his wife, I am going to ordain, what do you think? And his wife said, okay, well, you can, you can do it. Why? Because during the Buddha's time, he left royal palace. He practiced meditation six years. 
and he became enlightenment. He attained enlightenment. And then Nanda, his brother, he loved one beautiful girl, you know. So Buddha went for arms round. He said, Nanda, okay, take my arms ball. And then he's walking, 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 going to the monastery. He never back, he never see him. So Ananda took the arms ball, going, following him, following him, following him, and he went to the temple. And Ananda, the Nanda, sorry, not Ananda, Nanda. Nanda said, Bhante, I want to go back home. Why? What happened? So I didn't want to get the, the higher ordination here. I didn't want to be monk because I love one girl. She's very beautiful. Really? Yeah. Then Buddha used his psychic power. In his psychic power, more beautiful than his girlfriend. Okay. Your girlfriend beautiful or those, those girls are beautiful? Oh, those are more beautiful than my girlfriend. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <coughs> then he used his psychic power again. So more beauty is going to dry, impermanence. It's going to dry. It's his whole body, his beauty is going to fade away slowly. Okay, look at there. Look at there. And actually, he's using his psychic power there, you know, you know, to understand Dhamma. And when her beauty fade away, and he could see a skeleton, then his Buddha said, "Nanda, do you do you want that? No, 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 no. I don't want. I don't want anymore." Then. You know, in his mind, he understood everything is impermanent. What is impermanent? That is suffering. And there is non-self. He experienced that and he requested Bhante, I want to be monk, please allow me. Then he became monk. But in the family, his father King Suddhodana was very angry. He said, you left royal palace. And I was thinking that Nanda would be king. You took him and he also got ordinations. And then one day, Venerable uh, the King Suddhodana invited the Buddha, the royal palace. So Buddha with his monks, went to the Sakaya's Kapilavattu. And Buddha used his arms ball. He went for, uh, for collecting food. For arms round, we call in English. In Pali, we call Pindapata, collecting food. Because every monk had to go for arms round. When I was in Thailand, I woke, I woke up at 4 a.m. in the morning. And five o'clock is still dark. I use, I wear cover, robe, and then take the arms ball when for arms round. People are ready to offer. So in Thailand, there's a Nimon Kaap. 
the lepers, especially men, those who are men, they said, Nimon Kaab. And those who are women, they said, Nimon Kaab. Very sweet, you know. So, Nimon Kaab, Nimon Kaab, that means Bante. I am inviting you. Please come to me. I want to offer the food to you. Then I, I go to her. And open the arms, the, the arms bowl, and they offer the f rice there, and they offer the f curry in my back. Then, I, yeah, then they sit down with Anjali, left and right, and join together. You have to bless them. Because Buddha already said in the Sutta, you must bless them when somebody offered offer something to you, right? So if you don't bless them, they'll be very angry. Then uh, after blessing, then she'll go away or he'll go away. She never see the back where monk is going. So that one is called when you donate something, not give and take. Some people give and they expect something back. This is not the donation. This is not the giving generosity. So you give something, something, okay, let it go. You should not keep in your mind. Okay, because of this donation, I gained a merit. That's all. You know, so I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, do you have any questions? If you have any questions about the, all the genres, you can ask me now. You are talking about jhana or you are talking about the uh, noble path? Jhanas, right. That's as I told you. You have to know the, if you know, um, you have to know the five hindrances first and then seek church. So first you must memorize five hindrances. What are the five hindrances? You have to be very clear in your mind. Keep one side. And then harmonious practice, six hours, put another side. So it's here already, right? So when you know five hindrances, anyone arise, you use the six hours immediately. Anyone arise. Then another thing you have to know when you attend the first jhana, there are five factors there, five characteristics. Thinking thought, examining thought, joy, happiness, and unification of mind. It arises very quickly, one by one, one by one, one by one. Five hindrances not there, absent. Then you will understand, I attain already first jhana. It's already in the sutta, it's very clear. Same thing, second jhana also say, second jhana. So you, your question is the first jhana, or second jhana, or third jhana, or fourth jhana. Okay, okay. Yeah, I already answered. You got it. You can also 
Nibbana? Exactly. So, if you continue, you attend the first jhana, if you practice continuously there, it has potential to attain Nibbana immediately. Who knows? You may attain first jhana, second jhana, third jhana, fourth jhana, the base of infinite consciousness, is space, the base of infinite consciousness, the base of nothingness, the base of neither perception, nor non perception, and maybe you attain Sutapanna. Who knows? Sutapanna Sakadagamana Gamayana Arhat. Yeah, it may happen some people very quickly. If you have, if you have a lot of perfection, we call him Pali Parami. In the past life, if you do a lot of good things, good activities, keep the precept, give in generosity, practice meditation even in the past life. And when you reborn in this human world, just practice a few times and then you become Arahant. Let me give you another example. During the Buddha's time, 500 lay people went to the Sariputta. Sariputta gave the Dhamma talk to them. They were listening very respectfully, pay attention to him. And they understood Dhamma well. After that, they went to the Buddha. The Buddha gave another talk. They became Arahan. All the 500 people become Arahan. And they got the high ordination. And lay people were talking, what is going on? What happened to them? Within short time, they became Arahan. And they asked the Buddha, Buddha, how those 500 monks within short time become Arahan. Could you explain me please? Explain us. Then Buddha said, in the past life, in one cave, the 500 Pacheka Buddha were living there, in the cave. In the morning, every early morning, the they were chanting Abhidhamma, we call Pattana. So in Pattana we have the five books. So number five is called Pattana. It's called conditional, conditional things, you know. So those are the five lay people, lay person, they I don't know how to say in English that they, they, they became um, David, you know, the, uh, I think, you know, some people say that the coronavirus came from the one animal. Do you remember? What is that? How to say that? Birds, right? Bat, right? Bat, bat, bat. So they were, they became bat. All those 500 disciples, they were become bat. So they were listening, listening, listening what the Pachek, 500 Pacheka Buddha recited. They didn't disturb Pacheka Buddha very attentively, mindfully, listen. You know, because of that merit and this life, they became human, human being. And they came to the Sariputta, listened to Matak. And Dhamma Chakku, we call. 
the eye of the Dhamma arose to them and they went to the Buddha. Buddha gave another talk, they became Arahan within short time. I think you got the answer. Right, yes. You said, is there a, is there a sutra you said where you said if a person becomes an Arahan? Yeah, sutra number 112. Within, within seven days they have to. Oh, no, in, no, no. If you, I mean, no, I'm not talking that. The qualities of the Arahan, what, there are many qualities. So if you read that sutta, whatever, whatever have the knowledge is explained there. So if you have all those knowledges, when you practice meditation, you attain that, all the knowledges. So you'll think that you attain Arahan already. You'll think yourself. I'm talking that only. This is a good question actually. <laughs> You'll see many a scholar, they translated jhana means concentration, jhana means um, sustain something, you know, they, they, they uh, translated different way. I don't use that, that, uh, that word. I use the stage of meditation the level of understanding. So this is very practical, very practical that one. So concentration, that word came actually uh, from the who written down Atagata commentary. So during the Buddha's times, you know, during the Fourth Buddhist Council, the Fourth Buddhist Council, that one is held in Sri Lanka. The First Buddhist Council, Second Buddhist Council and Third Buddhist Council held in India. And during the Fourth Buddhist Council, the king of the Sri Lanka, he was thinking, the monk will forget Dhamma. So during that time also there were arahant. So I had to organize Fourth Buddhist Council. And those who attend arahant, those who were arahant, because that every all Dhamma is in their in their memory. So he invited all those monks. Okay, he recited. And then written down during the Fourth Buddhist Council in Sri Lanka. This happened after 500 years, the Buddha passed away. And that time, whatever they written down, those all the sutta are very pure, pure. It's original teaching. But of course, if you read the Majjhima Nikaya, two sutta are, are not the correct translation. I forgot the number, so I have to figure it out. So two sutta just little bit mistranslation, and other all sutta are good. One hundred fifty-two suttas, one hundred fifty sutta perfect, and two suttas little bit complicated, little bit is uh, controversial. And so that time, uh, after hundred thousand, the Buddha passed away. The commentary written down. 
So what is the meaning main text and commentary? Ewame Sutang. Who said that? Where? Which place? Why? They explain detail. So they are commentator. But in the sutta said only Ewame Sutang finish. But those who are comment commentator, they okay, Ewame Sutang, this one said by Ananda during Buddhist council, and then he he was in Sutapanna, blah blah blah, something. So they are commentator. So the some some of them they didn't practice meditation. They're just a scholar. You know? So they used concentration. They included they also uh, written down one one book is called Path of Purification, Visiddhimagga. That one written by commentator. So in that book you'll find concentration, concentration, concentration. So I use instead of concentration, collectedness. I don't use that, that word. I use collectedness. Your mind is collected, calm. So I use that one. You got it? Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's, I, I don't know. It, it's up to them. Maybe even me, I didn't understand before what is the meaning of concentration. I it's become clear after coming here. So from that time, I stopped using that word. <laughs> so you see, in you know, in this country around the world, people the diff different teachers they have different exp exp experiences, different explanation so you have to think this one i should accept or not that one i should accept or not this one i should accept or not so you'll decide so you <laughs> you, are, you listen to first and then practice it so that way you can understand it become very clear to you right any question? No more, right? Wow. Everybody become enlightened today. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks to you. Right? Thanks to you. Right? <laughs> okay, if no question, I, I think we can share the merit, right? Okay, let us share the merit. May suffering once be suffering free and their fear stack fearless be. May the grief in shed all grief, and may all beings find relief. May all beings share this merit that we have thus acquired for the acquisition of all kinds of happiness. May beings inhabiting space and earth, there was in Nagars of mighty power, share in this merit of ours. May they long protect the Buddha's dispensations. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu.